This is the Roaring Elephant podcast for the 19th of November 2019. And uh, for all the nice sounding voices today, my partner in crime, Dave, is here. Indeed. Hello, Whispering Bob. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you go abroad for a week. Not even a holiday, but working, working hard, as you can hear. <laughs> so apologies for my voice. I'm going to try to get through this episode. I mean, it's a party. I couldn't stay away for a party, of course, so I had to be here. But I hope you all bear with me through this misery. Well, I hope you're wearing your party hat. Uh, obviously, party hat. We have our little toot horn, which I'm not allowed to blow. Because Dave <laughs> says I'm annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not the reason I say you're annoying. It's just uh, it's just another part of the equation. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a package, man. It's after four years. You should kind of uh, have appreciation for the whole package at this moment, right? It, indeed, the whole package includes the toot horn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it is indeed the fourth year who i know we say this every time but really who would have thought that we would still be going after four years of this of this insanity yeah, and not just going going strong man i mean we don't publish our numbers but uh i guess we can kind of reveal that our uh download listener numbers i mean in a show notes here i wrote, I wrote between brackets it would be great if it was our, our stock ticker yeah yeah i mean it's it's one of those classic like sales and marketing graphs that you see in pictures, isn't it? Because it just it goes up and to the right <laughs> in a in a beautiful trend, um, and it, it's. I mean, what would you what would you call out uh, as being you know some of the um, some of the the regular peaks? I suppose kind of there's a there's a there's a there's a regular peak around about the sort of, um, you know, just before the f- um, end of the first half of the year, around that sort of fifth or sixth yeah. month of the year, there's kind of a nice little uptick that seems to be regular there, which I don't I don't really understand why <laughs> that uptick is. Because it's not, it's not that, that people are sort of, or at least I don't think it's that people are going on holiday and oh, like batch downloading or, I don't know, I don't know. but... I mean, we but do get uh, good uh, good updates if you have a good guest on. I mean, a good guest really helps always. That's why we always try to get good people on. Yep. Um, so that's one thing that picks up. But uh, those are things that are pick, that pick up over time, of course, because an episode goes live and then has starts leading its life of its own. Let's say, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's. And the the interesting thing, you know, when you were talking about the stats bef- before we were, in fact, not this time before we were recording, but uh, previously, is is that we're still getting new new listeners coming along board, and we we know that we're getting new listeners because you know people go back and actually download huge chunks of the back catalogue <laughs> as well, which. I mean, I think back to some of our earlier episodes and, you know, I, I can only apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing, right? That the most downloaded episode we have is episode one, of course, because for all the new people start from the beginning, which thank you very much. I hope you enjoy it. But it's not our best work. <laughs> no, no. I, okay, so here's a question for you. What would you say is our best work? Uh, next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Always, like always the next episode will be, well, I mean, you know, according to our numbers, we're ever growing. So, you know, surely that must be true. Uh, yes, I mean, or else it's just uh, the, the, the society of, uh, say, the masochists out there is also still growing. So maybe there's a joining in between those. I don't know. I know I enjoy doing this. So as long as people start continue listening, I'll keep doing it, I guess. Yeah, indeed. I, I don't know. I think I think we've had we've had a good year of um, 
of interviews of of you know we've had some fairly interesting news episodes mm-hmm. that have caused us to sort of you know rethink some of our opinions now and again which is part of the reason that we enjoy doing this is because it allows us to sort of i suppose think about things a little bit differently and you know Jan and myself have different opinions on some things similar opinions on others but the 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 times that we will often kind of change our opinions following discussion is is i think really uh, a sign that we're we're doing we're doing the right thing and at least we're sort of you know challenging ourselves and and you know having having a good conversation yeah for me it's basically a learning experience i mean when we come up with a topic it's usually a topic that you want to discuss because we yeah. don't really know it all or know how we really stand yeah. but and by by verbalizing it by talking about it it helps me form a picture and uh, yeah i mean if i have a guest on if, if it's not just you if i have a guest on they probably have <laughs> they have good arguments <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean the the biggest change um really and yeah, this is this was sort sort of prompted by um, you know ch- changes that we'll come on to later. But I think the biggest change is probably the the rebranding. You know, we went from um, big data, to, you know, bite sized big data to bite sized big tech. Um, you know, how now kind of looking back on it, how are you feeling about that? I think it was inevitable because uh, years ago, all those years ago, I, I predicted uh, <laughs> the, 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 not the death of Hadoop, because again, Hadoop will never die, but the fact that it was a, an animal that was changing shape, it was metamorphosing into something entirely new, and the niche of Hadoop doesn't really exist anymore. It really integrates with a lot of other things. It's hard to just talk about Hadoop and not do anything else. So I think if something was inevitable. On the flip side... I do think it was harder for us because now you have to do talk about a lot more stuff <laughs> that we're not experts on. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, I suppose the thing I would say is that it has meant that we have... We, we're still talking about stuff that we find interesting. And that, that for me, like, if, if I find... I mean, I found the big data stuff interesting, mm-hmm. but, you know, I also find our, our new... Uh, our new wider ecosystem interesting and I, I kind of feel that if I think it's interesting and if you think it's interesting there's probably other people out there that are also in you know maybe similar roles maybe similar parts of an ecosystem that also find these things interesting and you know as you as you say our kind of a growing uh, listener numbers certainly would seem to bear mm. that out yeah I always thought it was my my, my personal superpower being totally average if I like a movie, it's a blockbuster. If I hate a movie, it's not going to go anywhere. If I like a tech, it's going to be popular. I mean, not because I know everything. It's just I'm, apparently my interests are so average. <laughs> I'm always in the biggest peer group. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, someone's got to be slap bang in the middle of that bell curve. Hey, um, hooray for the bell curve. Indeed. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think the, the rebranding, the kind of the shift in focus has... I think opened opened us up to a wider set of topics as well. I mean, if I if I th- think about you know the the different areas that we've discussed, you know, we've gone more into different varieties of kind of agile, uh, whether it's kind of data or uh, operations. You know, we've we've branched out into mm-hmm. um, you know gone down into kind of deep technical components with interviews with uh, with authors of of kind of deep technical books we've had people 
um, you know, talking to us about, you know, generic, fairly kind of standard principles in the tech world of things like configuration management and automation. I, I think the the breadth of different sort of areas in itself just, I think, speaks really, really highly to um, the sort of variety of different things that we're we're hopefully able to to communicate and spread the word uh, to our audience. Yeah, and I think I can speak for you too that we're still looking for the boundaries how far we can go before we fall off the plane of what's still accepted as big technology because there's so much out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think there's, there's definitely going to be areas that we're still not going to go into, not because they don't necessarily fit into the boundaries, but possibly not just because we're we're not maybe that interested in those areas. I, I can definitely imagine certain um, you know certain topics that would naturally fit you know, in, um, but that we we just might not cover them because first of all, um, there's only so many. Uh, there's only so many episodes that we can squeeze in in any given year, uh, but also I think that you know we 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 want to talk not necessarily from a position of of um, of knowledge or expertise, but we want to talk from at least a perspective of uh, interest and enthusiasm, yeah. and uh, I think that's one thing that we've hopefully we've stayed pretty <laughs> consistent on is that uh, if we're talking about something, it's because we really want. We either want to know more about it, we want you to know more about it, or or we just we're just excited and interested in it. Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, yeah. long may big tech continue uh, until we change topics again. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go even larger tech, huge tech, massive tech, bite-sized massive tech? Now for our, for our American audience, awesome tech. Okay, I mean. Uh, the podcast is obviously awesome clearly yeah you're um, right you shouldn't spell it out it's true <laughs> no, humble, humble it, it's like idea. it's like those uh, those any place that has to put quality in its name <laughs> the quality hotel you see quality hotel uh, you know everywhere that that's never a good sign in my book anyway uh, just see li- life tips how to choose hotels don't choose one that's got quality in the name you'll be disappointed um i must say i was at so, a quality yeah. hotel last week and see what it did to me um <laughs> Left him a broken man, I tell you. Broken. So yeah, rebranding, success, I think. Mm. Um so moving on, uh what else? So YouTube update. We we did get our magical mythical uh hundred subscribers, which uh which I'm still very grateful uh to our, our fabulous friends who helped us get there. Uh, really do appreciate the uh, the additional assistance we had to push us over the edge there. Yes, but uh, we're we're still. Um, some of you will notice that although Jon's done amazing work on making sure that uh, you know the the episodes get uploaded and and look pretty and all those all that kind of good stuff, um, there's no video there yet. And I think it's fair to say that it's it's basically my fault, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it's the fault of uh, the third part, third, third world country that you live in, to be honest. I mean, if <laughs> oh, you're in any kind of industrial oh, world. <laughs> oh, well, if, if I was in any kind of industrial place, full stop, uh, I do live in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, yeah, I, my, my, my bandwidth is just about enough for me to send audio. Uh, and uh, hopefully you don't hear me dropping out too often. 
Um, but uh, yeah, right now I'm, I'm still in the process of uh, acquiring bandwidth that would be suitable enough for us to be able to do this mm-hmm. more sensibly. And of course, we, we can do these things offline and upload them later, but it's just bandwidth is so bad that even uploading later would be a bit of a challenge. So we uh, we continue to that you know to to have this in our minds. We continue to kind of talk about this. I would say at least once every three or four weeks. Um, yeah, you know, we have some ideas about yeah, about what we could do or how we could do it or how we could tweak it. And it's still very much uh, in our minds and in our hearts as something we we just really want to, uh, I guess, you know, see how it works for us. You know, maybe it will work. Maybe, maybe we'll go, yeah, the YouTube subscribers will drop immediately when they see us both. <laughs> <laughs> and we can do the anonymous um, thing with the mask and everything. Uh, yes, but masks creep some people out as well, so that might cause a, a drop in subscribers as well. So yeah, well we'll have to we'll have to come up with an idea there. Sit but with our backs to the camera. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And no reflective services no. nearby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it continues to be something that we really want we really do want to do and uh just waiting for the uh the gears of uh of the UK open reach to uh, to grind into um, uh, into the uh, point where they can actually uh, provide us some level of broadband. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think with that we can probably uh, switch into maybe our first guest. Yes, and this is of course the fun part of doing a semi live recording. We have a whole system set up here that people join through a communication chat channel where I give them the link, which can then they can use to go to the audio stream, and hopefully it all works out. So we'll see how fluently and uh, easy this all works out. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So we have our first guest coming online. It's uh, Jean-Georges Perrin, who some of you may remember from episode 141 and 143, where he uh, came online to talk to us about his book, Spark in Action. Jean-Georges, welcome. Hey, joyeux anniversaire, Dave and John. This is impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Four years. Yeah, really. Where's the cake? I just came for the cake. (laughs) (laughs) There's cake. There's cake. The cake is a lie. No, it's uh, it, indeed it, it's quite. Uh, we we ourselves every year are surprised at the progress we've made, um, and uh, just uh, continually pinching ourselves to make sure that uh, this is actually all still real. But uh, uh, no, thanks for progress. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, I mean, thanks thanks for taking the time to to join us as well. We really do do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, wanted to find out from you how's the. Uh, How's the book going? Because I had a, a quick look earlier, and it seemed like all the major chapters uh, for your for your book, uh, Spark in Action, second edition, were pretty much done, and it was just just a few appendices to go. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's all done. It's it's ah. uh, it, 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 yeah, all the chapters, all the appendices are in. Um, yeah. As you may have seen recently, uh, Sparks a preview of Spark 3.0 uh, is out. And mm-hmm. as I promised to the readers, um, I will make sure that everything that is in the book is actually matching at least this preview version of Spark. So mm-hmm. 
Um, I've got a little bit of a, a review uh, to, to do there, and uh, we're also getting all the reviews from from the, the final reviews from the readers as as we speak now. So it's really really the, the last steps in. It really you know it's the last print before the end, and we expect to have it in print like very very beginning of 2020. So. So that's that's exciting news. Um, well, that's fantastic. And then it, it'll be on the New York Times bestseller. Thanks Obviously. to you guys. <laughs> Obviously, um, of course, spe- of course. They have a, they have a special section for books on Spark. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well, you're bound to be top of the list there. But uh, I mean, I so. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious because obviously part of the uh, the Manning early access program means that people can get access to the the content of the book really, you know, as it's coming along. So how yes. how much has that um, kind of caused you to correct or adapt or adjust the sort of the direction that you th- maybe thought you were going at the beginning? Hmm. That's an excellent question. I don't think I changed too much the course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had a. I still have one regret, and, and I think Jean is actually sharing it with me. That was a, the famous chapter seventeen on making machine learning super simple mm-hmm. without the knowledge of math. Uh, so this one, this one will will not be there. Um, but but it was not because of the readers. It was more like you know technical days. Right now the book is already six hundred page. That's kind of pretty big for a manning book um yeah. so adding adding that would have been like a, i don't know like two yellow pages if they still exist <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> volume so so but 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 what is what is good it, it's a i would say it's a vision of the book uh has not yeah. changed from the beginning um strategies under the under that have changed a little bit my, my first take on the book was to really for Hey, you know Java, you know what a relational database is. This is a book for you to do mm. with data um, without learning too much, too much convoluted things. Um, so that's, that was still the, 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 the main vision. Um, what, what has changed is that we're now covering uh, Scala and Python. Um, mm-hmm. I have to give that. Um, and we're, so that's, I would say that's more like the tactics and trying to be a more complete book and a more, you know, offering a, a better coverage of, of, of everything spark. Um, so, so that's, that's a feedback we get. Um, that's, that's why, where we adapted also, so, um, you, you know, when you write things, sometimes you just, you, you, you let a few things slip, like, uh, typos, like, uh, mm. typos that become, that could become huge. Uh, and just talking, talking to or chatting with, with, uh, re- readers avoided a lot of those. Um, and so, so that, that, that's great. You know, it's, it's really like, uh, when you develop software that, I would say the, the MEEP is kind of the alpha version. Uh, now that mm-hmm. all the chapters are in, we are the beta version. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's a feature, it's a feature freeze. Um, <laughs> now, now, now I'm checking all the dependencies, making sure that we are up to date. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not, tra- we're not having any dependency with all stuff. So that's why I'm going with, uh, checking everything with Spark 3.0. And 
and then we can release. Uh, the only difference with, with, with software is that it's not a book in the cloud, so it's not going to move after it's printed, you know. It's, yeah. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty static. But, uh, but I, I like the process, and I, I you know, um, even, if, if, even if Manning is um, having this early access program, you would think, oh, maybe, the, maybe it's, very rough, it's very rough or it's very draft. And it's actually not. We, we spend a lot of time, even before it's published, um, doing, doing all this work. Uh, mm. And, and um, yeah, so, so, so yeah, that is, there's a lot of work. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's really good. That's really good. And so, I mean, obviously, one of the the next questions has got to be, what's next for you after you get this out early next year? Do you do you immediately roll into into your next grand plan, or do you take do you take a bit of a break to allow the cre- creative juices to, uh, to 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 gather again? Um, so I'm. One of the news also is that I'm getting married, um, and I mm, think that if, congratulations. If, thank you guys. Um, but uh, if if I if I undertake such a project again, uh, the divorce is probably going to come very quickly after. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so so there's no book in plans right now. Um, yeah, I wish. I wish. Uh, it's it's a. I, but I, I already said to 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 my editors that um, if I do a book, it, it won't be alone. It won't be a alone job, and it won't be six hundred mm. pages. Uh, this this <laughs> is this is too much of an undertaking. Um, but but I, I'm I'm thinking about about stuff right now. Uh, one of the one of the thing I really add also as a feedback from one of actually from one of the editors on the book is when he looked at at Spark, he saw. Oh, um, I love the way transformation and action are being done, but I think it's, it's really lame that you've got to call, to constantly code all these things all the time, um, mm. and, and do it via coding and not via, um, via scripting, via configuration file. So, so mm. that's, that's something, um, that's something I'm, I'm looking at and I'm actually, uh, for the company I'm working for, we we are we're, we're considering that scripting spark in some way, and hopefully um, we can we could open source that. That that would be that would be something like a next I would say major uh, major project if we could do that. So, nice, nice, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be kind of fun. Fantastic. But that's it. Well, that's it. Otherwise, it's resting and living from my royalties, which are, <laughs> as you may imagine, going to be huge. Uh, so of course. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I enjoyed mean, the book you're, a lot. You're, so. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just you're just moving. So you know, as soon as those royalties start rolling in, um, you're going to have to move again to you know uh, a house hovering over a volcano or or something equally dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can I can start designing them in Minecraft. So. <laughs> I mean, surely that's what all architects are using nowadays. Of course. <laughs> What's the plan for you guys? Or is that part of the secret part of the of the show, revealing what would be the next four years? 
Oh, God. The next four. Uh, I can't even think that far ahead. I think we have next week's already done, but after that... <laughs> yeah. I think I think for us, it's uh, it's just a continual, gradual evolution. Um, you know, we, we started this podcast with kind of, I suppose, quite a rigid idea in mind about what we were doing. And that's um it's it's evolved over time fairly nicely i think in you know the 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 scope has broadened our audience has definitely uh grown and broadened as well and you know the the formats tweaked and changed with kind of a mixture of news and um and topic shows and things like that so i think i think our watchword is just just continued evolution not to get you know, too hung up or too set on one any one particular thing, but always be open to evolving it and changing it as as we feel the need. Being agile, yeah, at least a little bit. Well, <laughs> well, guys, even, to the next four, even in our advancing years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you the best for the next four, then. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jean Georges, and uh, I, I look forward to, uh, Your to next four Spark books? in Action. Well, <laughs> maybe not the next four books, but I, I certainly look forward to Spark in Action Second Edition uh, by Manning Publications uh, going going live, getting released early next year, and uh, we'll be absolutely sure to to give you a shout out. So yeah, let us know. Definitely. Let us know when that happens. And uh, yeah, we we expect to get invited to the 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 big fancy launch party um, when the movie gets made. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you sitting at for the Oscars. So uh, fabulous. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, John. All thanks, right, Dave. Thanks, thanks a lot. for coming have, on. Have a lot of fun. Bye bye. Goodbye. Thank Take you. Care. So thanks again to uh, John George for for joining us, and uh, we have. A little bit of a, uh, a chat coming up next with John Murtick, who joined us. Um, actually, John's been on the podcast quite a number of times now. Um, he's he's becoming a regular. In fact, he's been on um, actually in as many times as we've been running years. So there you go. He's been on four times so far. Um, yeah, he's almost already co-host by, by now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, John's uh, part of the ODPI, and he came uh, online to talk to us about lots and lots of exciting things. And uh, so he, we recorded this earlier, and uh, as he was un- unfortunately not able to make the uh, the, the live recording, but uh, here it is for your listening pleasure, John Murtick. So as part of our birthday celebrations, we're joined by, I think, you know, a long-time recurring guest. We're, we're able to call you now, as this is your fifth, no, sixth time on the podcast. John Mertig, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, welcoming me back a sixth time. I guess I must have made the audition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, or maybe we're still auditioning you. Who can say? Yeah, who can say? We're playing <laughs> no, the thank long you so game much for. Here. That's right. Thank you so much for the invite. I really appreciate it and being flexible about uh, recording. 
No problem at all. So, uh, yes, for those that uh, are new to the podcast, John Mertick is uh, Director of Programme Management at the Linux Foundation. So, for those that, that haven't had the pleasure of uh, listening to any of your previous sessions, John, how about a, a quick update and intro to uh, some of our newer members of the audience? What, what do you do at the Linux Foundation, and uh, how do you keep the, uh, the cogs greased and uh, the bearings smooth? Uh, well, we do our best. Um, no, we, so, so a lot of my focus is, uh, working with, um, a number of our different, uh, mid-sized foundations, including ODPI, which is, I think how we got looped into here, um, along with open mainframe project and the Academy software foundation. Uh, and, and we really help work and guide with these communities, uh, to make them be successful at the open source projects that they look to host and run. Um, in the end, making sustainable open source. I mean, that's what we're all about um, at the Linux Foundation as a whole. I mean, there's millions of open source projects out there. Uh, there's a certain set of them that are really just critical to our society. Um, and I would argue things in big data, um, you know, things within the mainframe world, um, although that a lot of times is in everybody's purview, but uh, it, it certainly is probably more critical than most people think. Um, and we all like movies, and especially we all like movies with a lot of CGI. Um, and that's sort of where the Academy Software Foundation comes in is, is help creating sustainability in the visual effects okay. um, realm as well. So that that's where we're really about. We, we do the work around the edges of open source so that uh, great developers and great architects and sort of the great minds of um, these technology spaces can focus on the technology. They can focus on building amazing technology. Um, and we help put the pieces around it for sustainability. I mean, things like infrastructure, governance, um, legal licensing support, um, ecosystem development, uh, funding, all of those things that really communities that need to be sustainable need in place and often isn't a, a first-class um, skill of developer communities, that's where we come in and, and we fill those gaps. Fantastic. So what's the, uh, what have been some of the highlights for the last uh, 12 months in your, your involvement in these various different uh, foundations? So a big focus that we have had is um, creating sort of sustainable models um, in the various industry spaces, which each of those uh, foundations are in, uh, you know, such that open source can thrive. And, and all three of them um, we've put in place and had fully operational um, project life cycles. And really what that ends up being is it's a path for a project to come into a foundation um, for it to um, help sort of put the sustainable agreement in, uh, ingredients in place and, you know, be able to come out being a, a functional, um, sustainable, uh, high-performance uh, uh, project uh, that can really be something that an end user, an organization, a vendor can really, you know, know that they can trust. They know that they can build a business. They know that they can leverage critical infrastructure um, they, they know that they can use. And, and so all of those foundations have been doing that. Um, ODPI, uh, you know, Ageria was a big project they brought in last year. There's a couple more that um, are in the wings that we aren't really quite publicly talking about. Well, I guess we kind of soft launched one around um, an academic project uh, around data science education, which we're seeing a collaboration between 
um, IBM, the University of Pennsylvania, um, SAS Software, and I think where there's some other vendors that are coming in to create a sort of a common um, academic courseware um, around data science. Um, that, that's that's a project. That is going to be a really cool one. Um, keep your eyes on that one. That one's probably early 2020. Um, we're going to be coming to, to market with that. Um, if I go in the open mainframe realm, um, there's just been a number of projects uh, very specific to mainframe. Um, one in particular uh, that will be launched, that we'll be more publicly talking about in the next couple of weeks is, is focusing on um, helping open source software support the mainframe. It's kind of uh, a big challenge area because mm-hmm. of the EDN issues with the S390X architecture. Um, and so there's a project that's working on the focus of that in a number of different areas. Um, along with the growth of Zoe, which is a uh, <clears throat> a uh, API um, for getting at ZOS data and um, applications, which I think might be something of very useful to your audience um, for people that are working at any sort of Fortune 500 company and saying, how the heck am I going to get at all of this data that's going to be in a mainframe and probably going to be a mainframe well past my time? Um, that's a project you should keep an eye on um, quite a bit and maybe even uh, start to play with. Um, and in the academy realm, um, we're we're really starting to see a convergence of uh, some of the longstanding industry projects that have been very studio supported, but have not had a really good path for inner collaboration. And I think that's one of the areas where the Linux Foundation has came in is we can help be that neutral entity so that everyone can contribute um, and participate in those communities but also sort of streamlining a lot of the licensing and the contribution policies that make it a lot easier. Um, And that's been a huge challenge sort of within those communities, along with uh, making common CI and build infrastructure. Um, You know, there's, there's so much open source that has happened within that industry that, you know, was often very uh, production to production specific. And being able to create a sustainable model so that more studios, more um, organizations can tap into it and that vendor support um, for the tooling can happen. Um, you know, that's that's something where having a neutral foundation that's behind it um, ends up adding a lot of that credibility, but also adds um, the pieces in place to sort of make that happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think our big focus is, is just how do we build out these industry and vertical spheres of open source um, and and really have sort of the commonality models and lifecycle models in place so they can be successful. I mean, that's in the end of the day, what, what we're about. Um, so that, that's, that's been 12 months. Wow. There's such a, such a <laughs> lot happening in such a short period of time. Um, yes. What, so one of the things that's kind of interesting is, uh, and this may be just because uh, I've I've missed it, but I haven't heard too much about um, ODPI uh, Algeria over the last uh, last sort of say six months or so. What's uh, what's happening in that space? So the project's sort of getting into a maturity standpoint. Um, they had a 1.0 release earlier this year, and and they really spent a lot of cycles um, over probably about the last six to eight months, uh, really trying to attach uh, their tooling to specific use cases and making sure that all that's aligned. Because I mean, the last thing you want to do when you're building an open source project is, is building it in such a way that it's not going to be really useful to anyone. Um, or it's just sort of missing the industry use cases. So they've been spending a lot of heads down time in that. Um, 
they're getting to a point, and I think they're getting ready to to do a one dot one release here. Um, I believe in the next well, probably by the time this goes to air, it should be out. Ooh, cool. Um, and uh, a lot of where they're focusing is very fit and finish oriented. Um, you know, helping uh, you know helping aid out a, a you know a number of the adoption pieces. I know they're putting together a lot of Jupyter notebook examples to show how the tooling is used. So it's 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 been a quiet last couple of months for them. Um, mm-hmm. I would say they've been just very heads down um, and really working on a lot of the pieces on the side, along with you know some of the uh, the ability to get up and going with the technology relatively easily, um, which has been a little bit of a challenge. So yeah, I I and I think we're starting. We're hopefully by the end of the year we're going to start seeing some vendor products um, being in support of it. Um, so, you know, certainly ones um, from IBM, I think and. Uh, I, w- I think there's some work in getting uh, the support into Atlas, um, and I think there's also a couple other tools out there that are going to be announcing some support as well. So uh, it's been quiet, but it hasn't been dormant. It's just you know, they, people they, they're, beavering they're, they're, away. They're people working away. Yeah, you got to let the technology go at its own pace. That's definitely yeah, all the demand yeah. at the moment. Yes. Yes. The it. demand will not go away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So obviously another thing that's happened uh, over the last 12 months is there's been, I mean, collapse is probably a little bit harsh, but certainly let's say consolidation in the big data vendor space with sort of MapR effectively fading off into the sunset, um, Cloudera and Hortonworks uh, merging. Um, yeah, how, how has that sort of impacted um, ODPI, do you think? Does that, do you think that's made things simpler has it sort of has that has that made things more awkward in terms of you know consolidating to almost almost single vendor if you're looking at the open source side of the space i mean how how does that how's that impacted odpi um you know it's something that we really saw coming a few years ago i mean i think some of the you know if we go back to like 2016 um mm. when when pivotal sort of pushed away from its own distro Yep. And then about a year or so later, you know, IBM folded. I mean, the 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 dominoes were starting to fall. Um, and I think even at that point, we saw the the real challenge isn't necessarily like the, the thing in front of us is Hadoop consolidation. Like the thing in front of us is there's lots of these tools and things getting built out. Um, how can we build a standardized, you know, uh, build a standard around it? I think the bigger challenge was was you know enterprise adoption, and I think probably all these companies really realize that. Um, and the consolidation is just sort of a natural artifact of that. Um, you know the the one the, the tooling out there that's the most mature that has you know the best ecosystem around it. Um, all of those pieces are always the ones that that win out. Um, I mean that's 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 been true you know a decade ago, two decades ago, still true now. And I, I think we've also seen that um, everything, the differentiators are moving higher up the stack, which is where, you know, even, even the funding we're seeing is pushing more towards things like deep learning, AI, all of those angles, where I think that ends up being the speculative area where a lot of these underpinning areas here um, are considered very commodity. Now, what I think that ends up meaning for ODPI is when we see areas underpinning that become a little bit more commodity, those are areas where open source tends to be in a more thriving area. 
because it's the recognition that um, I don't want to have to solely maintain uh, this entire staff um, and this entire development, you know, you know, basically underpin that entire development effort myself as a single organization. You know, I, you know, I recognize that there's great talent across multiple, uh, you know, organizations across my competitors, and we're all able to execute better. And we're all able to sort of get into our niches. And we're all able to serve our clients better, if that commonality underneath um, is stronger. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, the Unix wars of the 80s and into the 90s, you know, consolidated, you know, with Linux, you know, by and large being a winner out there. Um, we've seen that, frankly, in the cloud space a little bit. I mean, Kubernetes is in every single major cloud out there, and mm-hmm. everyone else is building on top of that. I mean, even yeah. um, you know, the announcements here in the big data world have been, you know, quietly shifting away from Yarn over to um, Kubernetes. I mean, that, I don't think that's something you don't hear talked about very much, but I think it's, yeah. I think you probably see the purview. It's it's a reality that's happening out there. So this is. This is sort of a little bit of a natural evolution, and, and I think the nice thing for ODPI is we're very naturally positioned for um, that because, you know, we knew, we, we saw this with data governance that the way to solve this is not one company's problem. It's an industry's piece, and you need all the constituents to do that, and being able to create a unique ecosystem to solve that problem um, is really keen. I think there's more of those technologies out there. Um, some of them um, within the Linux Foundation um, already, such as tools like Janus Graph. Um, some of them sort of still sitting out there that I think are um, looking to land. I think there's even a new project that we launched with Databricks um, about a week or so ago. I don't know if you saw uh, Delta Lake um, was announced yeah. as yeah. Uh, brought into the Linux Foundation. So. You know, I think this is this is just sort of naturally what happens. And it's it frankly ends up being just really good for the industry because then everything starts to move um, upward. Um, now, it has made an interesting uh, ripple in uh, in some of sort of the, the businesses that sort of built themselves around sort of a full open source model um, yeah. and are kind of. Uh, struggling with with that to a degree I don't, uh, that's probably a whole nother tangent one could go into but um i mean i think for us it's good i think we're we're well positioned i think we're in a unique ability to serve a lot of those audiences well um and and uh you know i hope as these these organizations that are building some of these projects out that they might have been lifting the boat on their own and they realize that you know getting a larger industry wrapped around it is a value um, that they look to ODPI and or the Linux Foundation um, as a place where um, we can generate that value. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, so we, we're about out of time, but is there anything else that uh, you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I think I think we probably hit a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think we kind of loaded. This is this is a pretty deep conversation here today. Normally, we're a little bit more jovial than this. I feel like I've went into like straight serious mode. Um, no, I mean I, I think I, I I think the ecosystem uh, around data and big data for open source, um, while. You, you you might be seeing out there um, some of the thrashing that you have with um, industries as they sort of get into this teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very alive and well. 
Um, and I think it's still an area that's very ripe for innovation and um, ripe for new open source. I think there's probably going to be a recognition out there of what the right models are around it and the right way to bring these technologies out and where sort of the values need to sit. Um, but it's still a very vibrant one. And, uh, you know, we at the Linux Foundation, not to sort of toot our own horn here, but um, we're, we're, we're well positioned to help be in service to these communities to help them um, accelerate faster. Um, so, yeah, I think that. And then I guess my only other question, did we ever come up with an answer? I remember on a previous podcast, we were, we were thinking about where Doug Cuttings, uh, the elephant was. Um, the stuffed element for good. Did we ever figure out what happened to that? It went down I think the dark it's, hole. In the, it's in the Hadoop Hall of Fame somewhere. <laughs> you know, I hope so. Because I, I think about that every time we're ready to get on a podcast now. And I'm like, we've got to find that thing. And seriously, like that needs to be like, that is that is an artifact of our time. Like that's an artifact of the data industry is this elephant. So like, Doug, like, I hope it's not like stuck in a box somewhere and sent to Goodwill or something like that. Like, you know, that is something that needs to be well preserved for our time because um, it is a critical point in our, our open source lore. I think, uh, Doug, if you're out there listening, tell us, tell us where Hadoop is. Tell us where the elephant yeah. is. Tell us where the elephant is. Let, let the elephant go free. <laughs> <laughs> well, See, I had to lighten it up at the end there. <laughs> it's been fantastic as always, John. Uh, really, really appreciate the time. Um, and, you know, definitely thank you for joining us on our on our birthday party. Congratulations on the birthday. Um, it's it's amazing. So many podcasts sometimes don't get off the ground or get a couple posts. It's it's really a testament to both of you that you've gone this many years. What what's what are we up to now? I'm, I feel bad for not knowing the exact that's number. Been four. 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 That's a, that's but that's a long now. time. You're in preschool now, or <laughs> or if you have a really pushy parents, you're in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> Or no, possibly with you for re-election. <laughs> well, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, at least you haven't been impeached. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't lose a clean tag, does it? <laughs> yes, no, but great job for both of you. Great job for both of you. Um, it's really a lot of hard work to keep something like this going, especially as a labor of love. So congratulations. Thanks. No, We're happy to do it. Definitely. If you didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't. Yeah, That's indeed. Good. And uh, I, I think one of the things that would be great is once, once the uh, – Data Science Education Foundation um, is, you know, officially launched. We'd love to get you back on board and, uh, you know, talking to our audience about that because I think that would be, you know, fantastic. I think that would be a great one. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certain there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff with uh, ODPI and Linux Foundation around data projects in 2020. So we will probably be speaking quite a bit. I look forward, look forward to, to it. it. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Well, thank you, gentlemen, both. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Take care. You too. And our next guest coming online now, Mark Phillips, who some of you may remember from episodes 157 and 159, talking oh so eloquently about orchestration, config management, automation. What does it all mean? Mark, welcome. Hello. Hi, Mark. How are you both? Oh, great. Now that you're well, 
I'm fine. Yon's a little bit dodgy, but, you know, nothing unusual <laughs> Not dodgy, there. My voice is a little bit dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and every time I, I make him laugh, he then starts coughing. So, really, yes. it's, it's just all going fabulously. <laughs> but uh, how are you? How are things? Fantastic. Yes. Uh, uh, very good. Thank you very much. Yes. The... Uh, the the usual. I mean, I, I would say that, uh, as everybody says, you know, busy. But the, um, that's uh, that's a, a loaded word, isn't it? People always use that as a response. <laughs> How are you? I'm busy. Everybody says I'm busy. <laughs> no, but it's, it's but I'm the, good. I mean, the other response, the other response is that, uh, which is a very British thing, is to say what you're not. Oh, I'm, I'm not bad. <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, I've what, never thought about that. What's the weather like? Right. Oh, it's it's not too cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's, there's 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 many things that we do very badly, and one of them is is uh, yeah talking about how we actually are. But anyway, um, what what exciting has been happening in in your world since we last chatted? Ooh, crikey, I can't remember when when we actually chatted when we did the uh, when we did the original recordings. Uh, I'm not sure if if anything particularly exciting has happened. Uh, the usual. The usual configuration, management, automation, orchestration world has barreled on ahead at its uh, usual unstoppable pace. Uh, I think we've probably had a couple of Ansible London meetups during that time, mm-hmm. which uh, after a sort of three or four year hiatus, I've gone back to organising. Uh, next one is November 25th. If you're in London and fancy going along and meeting a load of people talking about Ansible, Drop, drop, drop. Um, then, uh, yes, so I've been organising those meetups. That's always good fun. A surprising amount of effort goes into organising meetups, like I can imagine the amount of effort that goes into organising podcasts. Oh, you'd be no, surprised. Very little, very little effort goes into <laughs> organising the podcast, as our long-term <laughs> listeners will know. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, that's great. And, actually, this episode uh, goes live on the 19th, so people will be just it'll be top of mind for them and they'll be uh be coming along just to uh to obviously to hear you straight from this podcast meet the voice (laughs) indeed indeed more than just a voice he's an actual person everybody who'd have thunk it um no it's that's that's good so the 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 sort of the london ansible meetups um, aside, obviously, I'm guessing there's been a, a handful of releases uh, b- between. I think it was back in se- um, sort of late September when when the episodes went live. So actually, probably just uh, one or two things probably have popped out between now and then, haven't they? Oh wow, what's happened since then? Crikey, I've got to think back. You see, there's so much stuff. I I, I spend my days um, reviewing ansible content uh so I, mm. I write some articles for opensource.com and uh reviewing our twitter so i pay quite a lot of attention to the ansible twitter account you can usually find uh responses from myself featuring way too many emoji so i find it ironic <laughs> using emojis so i tend to put lots in there because it isn't at all my age group at all <laughs> Uh, so because I spend so much time immersed in so much content, I actually forget a considerable amount of things that go flying past me. It all eyes. just it all just flies past you at the, at a, a great rate of knots. So actually, your 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 moderation and participation in in the uh, in the Twitterverse is is kind of interesting to me because I I've stayed very very far away from that. 
Uh, Jon is the official uh, mouthpiece, which is slightly amusing given his lack of voice at the moment, um, on on the Twitterverse for the podcast. But what what do you think, uh, how have you found that, kind of engaging with that audience? What do you think is different to, to that audience versus sort of other more, you know, traditional or normal channels of engagement? It's, it's, it's an interesting thought. As, as I've sort of, I've tried to delve more into the Twitters and understand uh, lots of social media arenas, and mm. I think, like the rest of life, you get uh, you get small pockets and small communities, and uh, for want of a better word, cliques that form in social media as well. So mm. you'll hear. You know, I've got a friend who says that he finds Twitters just full of uh, toxic. Uh, comments and toxic people and everything. And yet, because I pretty much only spend my time paying attention to Ansible, I find it's actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. But that's very reflective of the Ansible community full stop and actually how friendly Mm -hmm. the Ansible community is. Uh, Only this afternoon, there was a a tweet that I pushed into one of our internal uh, Slack channels where somebody had just tweeted us and just said, Hey, Red Hat, thanks. Ansible's wonderful. What a nice thing to say. And this is what the community's like actually meeting them in general. So generally speaking, I find, yes, I find that the Ansible Twitter is a really nice place to hang out, much like the Ansible IRC channel as well, which is equally nice to hang out. It's a very nice community. Uh, but the whole social media thing uh, confuses me uh, immensely. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a it's another generation, isn't it? And yeah. us old timers, um, it takes it takes time for these things to settle in because they're just completely different ideas to what we're used to. Yeah, the yeah. whole etiquette yeah. around it, and I mean, Dave says I do all the Twitter stuff, but that kind of limits to tweeting when there's a new episode out, and when the news episodes come out, I'll do a little tweet on that. If the guests will do a tweet on that, but that's about it because I'm very scared to do it wrong. <laughs> how much? How much tweets can you send before you're starting to be annoying? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think generally, generally, I think the things that I've read about Twitter is that rather than seeing it as a marketing spamming platform, it should be seen as an engagement platform. And Mm. I think being able to, being able to chat uh, interactively with, uh, with your audience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) irony of saying that here, uh, is is a really (laughs) useful thing. So yeah, when you've, when you've got, you know, tens of thousands of people who want to interact with you, as is the case with certainly with the Ansible Twitter account. I think it's got about fifty thousand yeah. followers now. Mm-hmm. It could be quite a nice immediate, uh, immediate medium. So it's it's really nice if somebody if somebody tweets it asking for a bit of help or says they can't find something in a piece of documentation, then usually we'll try and try and give a nice personal response back to them and treat it as quite an interactive thing. So I think it's good for that yeah. engagement type stuff. How much? How much sort of self help, if you like, uh, for whatever a phrase is, is on that community as well? How much? How much is sort of you or others, you know, from within the Ansible uh, core, for example, helping, and how much of it is just other Ansible users? Yeah, I mean, the Ansible Twitter account itself is uh, managed by a small group of people anyway, uh, mm. without giving away too many trade secrets there. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's managed by a small group of people, um, but it's none of the core engineers, for example. 
But um, what we do see quite often, really nicely, is the rest of the community interacting. So if somebody somebody tweets out and says, hey, I've got this problem with Ansible, I've been trying to do something, and they at Ansible on yeah. it, you'll often find other followers will reply to them and say, oh, yeah, I managed to do it like this, and point them at a document or something like that. Nice. Which is, is really nice and I think is uh, another indicative thing of a nice community spirit. Um which is which is something that I've seen in Ansible throughout throughout the time I've been involved with the project. It's been that same nice sort of community. So I guess reflected there in the Twitters too. Fantastic. And you know, earlier on you you mentioned you mentioned IRC, which I, I still have certainly a, a very soft spot for. And uh, so still still active. I, I'm guessing it's guessing uh, it's the hash Ansible channel on Freenode. It is indeed hash Ansible on Freenode, correct? Yes, I think there are still around about a thousand people on there, and mm-hmm. it's still it's still very active. Uh, there are a lot of the core engineers who hang out there, so quite often people will go and ask for help. And there's there's quite a few sort of community members who are nothing to do with Ansible Red Hat, um, yeah. and they tend to answer questions as well. I mean, there's there's quite a few names that I see there that I used to see on the channel four or five years ago when I was first sort of mm. hanging out in that channel. And those, those folks are still around. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, for me, that's the power of, of a, a sort of a really strong community around a technology is if it's, if it's, you know, helping itself and helping sort of the, the newer members of that community along um, and it's not just sort of, you know, one vendor providing all the answers. That, to me, is a sign of a really strong, really powerful community. So, yeah, sounds like, sounds like you're doing good things. Indeed. Still, still a lot of fun. Busy. That's, that's all we can ask of things, that life continues to be fun and entertaining. Well, and obviously you gents are still uh, having a lot of fun. Um, uh, I say you're still having a lot of fun doing this after four years then as well. Uh, well, he I makes would seem so. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Jan is contractually obliged to continue doing this for as long as I say, I, as, uh, as long as I see fit. So um, uh, it, until his until his contract is up, he he must continue to be my my podcast co host. And uh, and so far, I've I've not not grown tired of taunting him. So uh, we continue. <laughs> Fantastic. Really good didn't do a good negotiation <laughs> job on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you ever signed that contract. It's a terrible idea. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 the thing. We're, we're kind of we're still we're still amused by it. Is is the main thing. Uh, we still find interesting things to talk about, interesting people to talk to, and uh, you know our, our our listener base carries on growing. Uh, so we must be doing something right, I guess, is the, the overall resounding uh, sort of view that we have of, of the world. <laughs> Excellent. Glad right. to hear it. Well, you well done. Well, may you have many years more. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You and I know that you're on a time crunch and uh, you're, you're, you're on the hook for uh, doing dinner this evening. So in that case, uh, I bid you adieu. And uh, thanks again for uh, spending the uh, time with us. Really appreciate it. Super. Thank you both. Thanks, Mark. And with that, Mark is out. Like a speeding bullet of awesomeness. Um, thanks again, Mark. Really appreciate spending time with us. So, uh, Jon, I think that's that's enough uh, enough guests for our fourth birthday of the uh, uh, Roaring Elephant podcast. Don't you think? Uh, yes, we still try to capture to capture that uh, bite sized thingy. Right? It's been in our logo for I so think long. We, we 
we try a little bit at least. Although this year we did um, get one episode just below the 30 minutes. It was 29 minutes, 57 seconds or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do it. Yeah, still, after four years, still working on the bite size bit. But there you go. That's that's evolution for you. Um, so as, I mean, uh, I think to, to just kind of wrap this up, we always... Um, we always ask for feedback from our audience. Um, this this podcast continues to evolve and hopefully will continue to evolve. Um, we're always interested in hearing from our audience. Um, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? Uh, what would you like us to change? You know, mm-hmm. Anything along those kind of lines. There's a variety of methods to get hold of us, of course, whether it's you know, email to podcast at roaringelephant.org. You can hit us up on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag. Um, you can now comment, for example, on our YouTube videos. And we've, we've seen a few comments come in there, which has been, been really nice. But, and, and there's obviously there's a, there's a contact form as well. But it's really, we, we continue to be driven through um and by our audience we want to make sure that the content that that we're putting out i mean we do this because we enjoy it but hopefully we also do it because uh, we think there's a, at least one or two people out there that also enjoy it um, and i have no doubt that we can make this better so yeah let, let us know <laughs> yeah we have very broad interests at that so we're, we're branching out in a couple, a couple of different ways at the moment uh, I mean, I've been able to smuggle in a couple of uh, quantum computing uh, articles in there over time. So um, <laughs> for us, I don't see a limit, to be honest, but I do want to keep on, is it called catering to the to the audience a little bit? I mean, yeah. our audience also has a say in what we do and don't do. And yeah, uh, yeah send us your suggestions. Uh, we may not read them on the, on the air anymore, which we used to do before, but we do read all of them. So we do appreciate yeah. any feedback we can get from our audience. And we do try to yeah, uh, very get much better so. that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, one of the other things that's, it's been this way for a little while now is is the sort of the weekly cadence that seems to have got you know, broadly positive feedback. Uh, I know that some people, especially those that are subscribed to a lot of different podcasts, um, sort of find themselves a bit behind. So sometimes they, they skip the news episodes because they're you know, maybe considered no longer uh, as timely. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, we we sort of, we've, we found quite a good niche with, with the way that we're sort of splitting between uh, topics one week, news the next week. It gives people a chance to choose their own adventure as to, you know, which, which topics or, you know, which sessions or even some, um, you know, many of our audience definitely listens to both. But I think it, it's nice to give people um, a variety of different content. I, I think we deliver on that. But again, if you have other thoughts or other things, you know, is there a third session, a third type of session we should start introducing and we should roll between all three? Who knows? Uh, answers on a postcard. Uh, actually, don't, <laughs> don't put answers on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could put answers on the postcard and then take a picture of it and, and send the link to it to Twitter, you know. maybe? I don't know. It's one way of recycling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I think, you know, generally generally our, our, our tweak to the uh, the way we do things seems to have been pretty well received on that uh, yeah. on that front uh, and i like it too because it allows us when we have a guest on that's really interesting and really goes long we don't have to cut it down as much because we can spend it over more time without it becoming the same blob of thing it gets interspersed with these news articles to just freshen things up which i think yep. also uh, works well indeed indeed 
So, uh, I think the, the overriding message is uh, four years so far. Um, and uh, five. indeed, heading up to that half a well, I was going to say half a century. That would that would be that would be quite a bit larger. Half a decade. There we that's, go. That's large plenty. Now we do need to find out yeah. something. That's something else that Rogers can help us with. Uh, how do we do the fifth anniversary blowout? I mean, we've been doing these, having guests on from pre from the previous year episodes, um, uh, anniversary parties, which I personally like to just have people visit again for ten minutes and tell yeah. us what they're up, uh, up for. Uh, but what they have been up to. Thank you. Uh, but for our fifth. Uh, anniversary maybe we should do something a bit more special i don't know if anybody has an idea let us know use that postcard write on both sides and then scan it on both sides as well <laughs> and let us know what you think would be fun indeed maybe we should do well, a meetup oh. oh good god um <laughs> we could do a virtual meetup Obviously. anyway um that's the that's there's lots of ideas anyway i think uh, i think at that point we're going to start wrapping up and there's, there's anything else from you, Jan? My voice is pretty much gone. Thank you for putting up Well, with me. in that case, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy fourth birthday anniversary. And uh, with that, that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a patron. Every contribution really helps, and it will certainly help us reach year number five. We are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all the YouTube stuff. Um, please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about this podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag and send your feedback or your scanned-in postcards to podcast <laughs> at roaringelephant.org. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is Weezy Yon. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. That cough syrup is really working. Ha, 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 ha.